The word of God sustains our soul, our mind, and our hearts like food sustains our bodies. The word of God gives us pleasure and joy greater than sweet honey to our lips. The word of God gives us clarity on how to think in every situation. The word of God directs our passions and deepens our convictions. The word of God guides us in dark places and dark seasons. The word of God is full of eternal power, transforming our lives into the likeness of Jesus. Today we're going to take another step into experiencing the power of the word of God. And as Pastor Dave led us last week, I'm going to lead us into Lectio Divina, an established practice of receiving and meditating on the word of God. The scripture that we are going to receive as a food to our souls today comes from John chapter 4, verse 46 to 53. If you weren't here last week, what's going to happen is I'm going to read this scripture three times in this place of sacred silence. And each time, I'm going to give us a question to reflect on as we hear the words of God. The first time, we'll, uh, the, the question will be, God, what word or phrase are you highlighting? So as I read it, just listen for what word or phrase just pops out to you. The second reading, God, how does that word or phrase relate to my life? The third reading, God, what do you want me to do in response to this word? Those of you who have a bulletin or papers, uh, we have pens. If you'd like to write down what the Lord speaks to you as a way to be able to stay focused. So we're going to pass those out right now. If you would like to use your phone, we just ask that you have the self-control to not have any notifications or any other apps open in just a notes section. So, but if you know yourself, go ahead and just use paper. While we're preparing, I'm just going to take this sweatshirt off. <laughs> It's really cold in the West L.A. church. And then I come over here. All right. As we were preparing, uh, I, I, it's, good, it's good to be in the Word together. But as we're preparing, uh, I, I just need to make it known that it is Gus's birthday today. Okay. So... Um, does anybody else have a birthday today? I don't want to miss you all. So um, I heard from Isabel that what Gus has always wanted on his birthday is people to come up to him and sing very softly uh, a song from Celine Dion while you kind of just rub his shoulder gently. She, she won't do that to him, so she's asking if we could you know, help him out and give him that birthday gift. So after church, if you all um, could really bless him on his birthday. Uh, is God's word greater than food? Does God's word satisfy us greater than moments of laughter with friends? Does God's word satisfy us more than watching the football game? Does God's word satisfy us more than spending money on things we don't need? Does God's word satisfy us more than even the people he has put in our life? Let's feast on the word of God together. Let me just pray for us, and then we will read three times. Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us, that you forgive us, that you want to give us real food. Come, Lord Jesus. We ask that your spirit would anoint the scripture, that you would speak to each one of us personally. Those of us that need direction and guidance in life, give it to us. Those of us that need conviction, give that to us. Those of us that need courage or faith, give that to us. Those of us that need your love, give that to us through your word. We pray this in your name. Amen. The first reading of God's word. What word or phrase is God highlighting to you? So he came, Jesus, again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed in all of his household. God, what word or phrase are you highlighting? The second reading, as you hear it again, ask God, how does that word or phrase relate to my life? So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. God, how does the word or phrase relate to my life? Write down briefly how this scripture relates to your life.
on the third and final reading, ask the question, God, what do you want me to do in response to this word? So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. God, what do you want me to do in response to this word? Write down briefly your sense of how God wants you to respond to this word. Now I want you to turn to somebody that you're sitting next to and just share with them briefly, what did God speak to you through this word? If you felt like it was really difficult to hear or there was a lot of distraction, you are, feel free to share that. Um, it's a safe space to be real. But go ahead. I'm just going to give you like a minute, so just give a quick highlight of how the Lord shared. Go ahead and share with somebody. If you're sitting by yourself, grab somebody or slide over. Now I'm on. Sorry about that. All right. Thank you. Uh, I don't believe that when he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe that he's upset with that in this context. In other parts of the Gospels, he gets frustrated with people who see signs and wonders and do not believe. That's who he gets frustrated with. He's like, I'm working out miracles here and you still want to kill me. That's who he gets frustrated with. But here, he's simply making a statement of truth, right? Uh, he, he's saying, our faith increases when we see signs and wonders, right? That's, that's what he's saying. In fact, the entire Gospel of John is co totally concerned with how do people go from rejecting Jesus to respecting Jesus to revering and worshiping Jesus as God. That's conversion. And the entire Gospel of John is like, some people, they go from rejecting to worshiping because they see signs and wonders. They see power. Some people go from rejecting to respecting to worshiping because they hear truth, right? Like Nicodemus in John chapter 3. 
Some people, they, uh, they go from rejecting Jesus to worshiping Jesus because of his absolute, they encounter his love, like the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. Some people, they go from rejecting to worshiping Jesus because they experience all three, power, love, and truth, like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. See, he's just saying a statement of faith. This father came to Jesus and started out the day thinking that Jesus was just a doctor, a healer. See, he was expecting that Jesus would come to his house to treat his son as a doctor would. He was not expecting Jesus to just speak words of healing from such a far distance away that it took an entire day to journey from where Jesus was to where the sick boy was. He was not expecting Jesus to speak those words and then the boy is healed. So when he goes back home and he realizes what happens as he witnessed the power of the words of Jesus, he went from respecting Jesus as a healer to believing, it says, to worshiping Jesus as God, as the one that will consume all of my needs. Finally, he found God through seeing the sign and the wonder of power. The Gospel of John, it's a declaration that Jesus is the one true God that created our universe. Jesus. That this man that they got to talk with and touch and and walk with and eat with, that they were in the presence of the God who created the entire universe. And that's what John is writing to help us believe what they got to see and believe. John uh, chapter 1 starts out by audaciously claiming to add to the sacred creation account of Genesis 1 and 2. So John starts out, he says, in the beginning, just like Genesis. And he says, we learn more about what happened at the beginning. He says, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word came to actually live amongst us, became a human. And here, at the end of John chapter 4, when Jesus heals this son who's very sick, it's another story to back up the claim that Jesus is the same God who created the world, right? Because they're realizing, my gosh, when this man Jesus speaks, there is power and transformation. So when God spoke at the beginning and said, let there be light, there was light. And now all of a sudden Jesus is saying, your son will live, and the son lives, The words of Jesus have so much power. Now check this out. The words of Jesus have so much power that you do not need to be in his physical presence to receive the power of his words. You do not have to have the physical Jesus praying over you or your family or anything for the transformation that you need in your life, right? We are all like the sick boy. We are all at this stage of human history like the sick boy who we are not in the physical presence of Jesus. And then we, most of us do not even audibly hear his words, right? The sick son, he was, he was sick and he just received all the power and love of Jesus from the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus carry the life of Jesus. You can't separate his words from his being when he speaks, right? In fact, there's this beautiful picture in the book of Revelations, 
right? Uh, and when he's breaking down sort of the powers going on in our universe, the spiritual reality, and some people think, oh, it's Jesus warring against Satan and, and the devil, and it's back and forth, and it's like, absolutely not, man. Yes, there's a devil, and he's working his stuff on this earth, but Jesus is so powerful that he sits at the center of the universe, and he never has to move a finger. He speaks, boom, devil's dead. Speaks, boom, life is created. The power of the words of Jesus. See, when we think of experiencing the power of Jesus, we obviously think of like praying and seeing a miracle, which is absolutely true. And in fact, we've seen it here, we want to see more of it. When you pray, the more you pray, the more God works, right? You pray, that's just how, you know, it's just, and in fact, we're going into February and we're going after more of the prayer and the power of the Spirit of God. But also what we've been sitting in these last three weeks is that the words of Jesus have power. The words that we have in our Bibles have the power. They have the Spirit of God in them to transform our lives. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says about the written word in the Bible, for the word of God is alive and powerful. You heard this last week, right? It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And so you have stories that are just incredible of people who give themselves to the Bible, the words of God, and their lives are transformed. One of the greatest leaders uh, uh, in the Christian church, he was an addict. He had a sex addiction. He couldn't stop. And he went over a decade trying to stop, but he could not stop. And he's crying out to God, right? And he hears this this, this like child singing this song, take it and read, take it and read. And he's like, what child's game, this is back in the day, okay, what child's game do they sing, take it and read? And then he realized there is no child's game and there's no child. And he goes, maybe God's speaking to me. Maybe he's take the Bible. He takes the Bible, opens the Bible to Romans. And the first thing he sees is we are not to be giving ourselves to sexual immorality, but we're to put on the spirit of Jesus and, and be satisfied in him. And immediately there was a power transfer and he was freed from his addiction. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is very powerful. As a, as a young man, you know, I've shared this before, I have, I have many stories of just being in the word of God and just the power of Jesus start to consume my life. As a young man, like coming in, in high school, uh, you know, hanging out with the guys, we'd all share stories. Well, I'd love to embellish my stories. Like, I had good stories, but I could make them a lot better if I just added a few things that weren't really, didn't really happen. You know what I mean? It's just more funny, more gripping, more suspenseful, you know? And, you know, I just saw, I I saw it as creative licensing. You know, the majority of the story is true. I'm just at, just to make you laugh a little bit more. Well, one particular story was always a crowd favorite, and so I would sh- share it here and there, here and there, and and then years later, as I'm um, 19, 20 years old, I give my life to follow Jesus, and I remember going, I do not want to lie anymore. I don't want to embellish stories. I want to honor Jesus with my words. And then I'm, I'm in that, and then one, we're in a moment, and whatever we're talking about triggers this one particular story, and I was like, I went to say it, and I realized, oh, wait a minute. There's something in this story that's not true, but I had been sharing it for four or five years, and I could not remember what was the lie and what was true. When you share something over and over again, memory is really weird like that, right? And I shared it so long, and so then I remember, and I'm going like, well, it must not have been a big deal, so I'll just share the story. 
I don't even remember it. Five years after that point, I'm following Jesus for five years, and I now I'm in my pastoral training over at USC as a campus pastor, and I'm getting ready. Uh, I, I'm in the Word, and I'm in Acts chapter 5. I'm not thinking at all about the story. I'm just thinking about Acts chapter 5, and i got to prepare a sermon on it. And as I am reading about how God just hates uh, dishonesty and how He wants to keep the church pure of lies... I'm just reading it, and all of a sudden, the story is in my mind, and I know exactly what is true and exactly what is lie. It was just like the sword just cutting through everything, and I was gripped, and I knew that I was in the presence of God as I'm in this word, and so then I, I went to my friends who knew the story, and I confessed, I've been telling this part is wrong, and, and I'm being convicted by God that this story, I, I'm, I've gotta, if I'm going to be a person who gives the truth of God, I've got to be a truthful person. And it was a little bit embarrassing to kind of say, yeah, the story I've been sharing for five so years, right? But my friends were so full of grace. The word of God, it, it got in me and started to transform my character into the person that God created me to be out of sin. So how is God speaking to you about your relationship with his word? How are you going to pursue more of the power of Jesus through his word? Here's what a lot I hear about people. This is what a lot of people say when I ask, how's your life in the Bible? They'll say something like, we, all, we got tons of excuses. Okay, I'm just going to prepare you right now. And I'm probably going to hit one of your excuses. So just get ready to receive it, okay? Here's the excuses. I'm just so dang busy. I'm just up and down. I don't have time to sit down and really read the word. If you look at social media, if you watch videos, if you eat food, you have time for the Bible. Can I get an amen? Amen. The one thing that is absolutely equal in this world that everybody has the same amount of is time. Don't ever give God the excuse, I don't have enough time. You got enough time. Everybody's got the same amount of time. Figure it out, right? Here's another one. The Bible is so complicated and confusing. Uh, now, that's a pretty good one there. But let me tell you, how many parts of the Bible are stories and written and teachings for folks who did not go to formal school? There is not for PhD academics. It's for common people. We just got to have the teachers of our church show us those parts of the Bible, start there. And then God makes a promise, no matter where we're at, some of us liked to study in school. Some of us hated it. I was a little bit more on that. I didn't like it very much, right? Uh, God makes a promise. If you put yourself in my word, there's a living spirit that will come through the word and you will understand exactly what you want and what God wants to speak to you. There is so many helps out there to help us into the word. Uh, the best help that you can have to feast on the Word so that you get the power of God into your life is sitting all around you. That's what we have life groups for. Having a few people that you journey with to feast on the Word, to go after the Word, to obey the Word, that is the gold. When you find those relationships, you have found one of the secrets to life. The secret to enduring life, to transforming into the likeness of Jesus. See, one of the problems as we're in this series is many of you are hearing this call to the word of like, I have to go do it. I got to get more discipline. I got to get into the word. I got to get into the word. And this is the problem. So, and then there's some of us in our community that we're really disciplined. 
right? We're really disciplined, and it's really easy for us, and the rest of us are like, yeah, I can't, I can't be disciplined like Pastor Chris, but I'm actually not. Anyways, they, well, what we have to realize is every call to grow in God first is a call to press into community that he's put around us, that it's not supposed to be individual. We're not supposed to go, I've got to get more word in God. I, got I have to first go get a couple friends who will help, and we'll all help each other get into the word together. If you can meet regularly to get into the Word, that's the thing that's going to propel you to meet with the Word on your own. Clearly, we've got to have some individual conviction and individual discipline. We all got to have that. And let me tell you, if you have disciplined yourself to be able to go to work on time and to do the things you got to do at work, if you've disciplined yourself to eat every day, then you have enough discipline to feast on the Bible. Right? Yes, there are more people, there are people that have more discipline, they might be able to do more, but every one of us has enough personal discipline to be able to do the basics of our life, to be able to clean ourselves, feed ourselves, fund ourselves. So let's spiritually feed ourselves, right? But start with community. If you, if you just have two, three, four, six people that you meet with regularly, get in the Word together, to journey it together, you found the secret, man. You've found the secret to having a life where you're transforming into what God has for you. Um, but then, from that place, that's the first place, then there are personal helps to get it into you every day. I thought Pastor David gave a great sermon last week on how we understand why we need the word every day like we need food, right? It was so good, I used it. I just ripped it off, and I gave it to West LA this morning. Thank you, Pastor Dave. I didn't have to do a lot of uh, preaching uh, prep this week, right? But go back to that sermon and realize how much we need to balance. And here's the thing, right? Uh, if you're starting out, you haven't been anything in the Bible, just start in the gospel. Chapter one, just read it. Read a couple you know, little verses a few times, three times, hear the word of God, write something down, go pray through it that day. The next day, do some more. Uh, if some of you are like, I need a little bit more, I need a little more breath, here's the thing. Pick one book in the Old Testament. Let's say you pick Exodus. Pick one gospel. Let's say you pick Luke. Pick one letter from Paul. Let's say you pick Philippians. And then always include the Psalms. And it's real simple. On Monday, tomorrow morning, it's Exodus chapter 1. Tuesday, it's Luke chapter 1. Wednesday, it's Philippians chapter 1. Thursday, it's Psalm chapter 1. And Friday, we go to chapter 2 and Saturday. And you just keep your bookmarks, right? And just one little, and you'll get a little bit of breath of Scripture. Here's another real help that we do. We need to do better of this here at New Life Community Church. And as I was preparing this word, I thought this is the one that could change a lot of lives. We don't do this in our generation enough, and it, we're, we're, we're starving because of it. Memorize Scripture. Mm. Now some of you are like, I can't memorize things. I'll start playing karaoke music, and y'all will be singing lyrics like crazy. You'll be like, bam, bam, I got that one, I got that one. Some of you got some movies, it's like put them on, and you're saying the lines before the actors and actors are saying the lines. Oh, we can, we can memorize some stuff, all right? Memorize some Scripture. Here's what happens, all right? When I memorize Scripture, I'm really bad at memorization. So it takes me a very long time. I'm currently trying to memorize Psalm 138. It'll take me at least a month to memorize. It's, it's actually a short one. I always pick short ones. I can't do long ones. In my pastoral training, they had us try to memorize like two chapters. Guess who was last place, last one to get there? That was your pastor. Sorry. All right, here we go. So 
pick a small chunk and I just have to work on it. I read it every day and I'll just read one verse and then I'll try to say it without looking. I do it. And what's happening is, is the word is getting into me. And I'm starting to think about it more and I pray on it more. Right? And then by the time, like today, for example, one line from Psalm 138 is just, it was this morning and it's just in me. And it's, it's this line, God, your promises are backed up by the honor of your name. And I thought, whoa, if I could live in that truth every day, I would be secure, I would be hopeful, I'd be tougher, I'd be willing to go after tough things, I'd be willing to wait in suffering, because the promise of God to deliver me and to save me is backed up by the honor of his name. Not my name, thank goodness, or else he'd be leaving me. His name is in his promises. Just one line and it's in me. So then, a month later, when it's finally in me, now I can pray the psalm out of my heart. I don't need to read it. And I've been spending a whole month trying to memorize it, and now it strengthens me. I will come, I will get a tough phone call. Crisis is going down. I'm driving to the house, and I'm praying the psalm that I have memorized. And it's just given me strength because God has worked his power through his word all in me. Oh, church, grab some scripture and memorize it this month. Oh, you, would, you will just feel more joyful, more hopeful, more strong. Your faith would go. Memorize some scripture, even if it's a small one, and pray it. That way, sometimes we go, I don't know how to pray very long. Well, if you memorize scripture, now you've got more to pray. Just keep praying that scripture. All right. Uh, uh, there's a ton of phone apps out there that I want to share with you. I'll share a couple with you because, hey, look, we just have to admit it. This is our world right now. You know what I'm saying? And we ain't going back. You know what I mean? There's a, I've heard a couple people who are like, I'm not having a phone. You know, I'm, I'm just not doing it. I'm like, good luck. Okay, I don't, I, I just, I don't know how you're going to do it. All right, but, so we got to redeem this. We got to redeem this thing. We can't be a slave to this thing. We got to be a master to it. You, got, you guys got me? All right, so here, here's, here's things. There's tons of great stuff, but two things I want to share with you. One is an app called Pray As You Go. I, hey, thank you guys, Thomas. And the other one's Read Scripture. Okay, Pray As You Go, that first one over there, is a 12-minute guided meditation every day. It's new every day through a passage of scripture. So what it happens is it starts off, there'll be a little bit of music, and then they uh, read the scripture for the day, then they ask you a question to help you meditate on it, and they play the music while you're meditating on the scripture. Then they'll ask you a second question, you meditate on that. Then they read the scripture a second time and ask you one last question, and then you're done, 12 minutes. You know where I found this to be really helpful? I was realizing that I was falling into the habit of when I wake up, I grab my phone, I'm right there on my bed, and I just read news. Then I get up and I go try to pray. And I go on my prayer walk, but then guess what? All the noise of the news is affecting my prayer life, and I'm just totally not being able to be present to Jesus very much. So now this is my new discipline of how I wake up. I wake up, I grab my phone, pray as you go, baby. Here we go. And then I get out of bed, and I'm meditating while I'm stretching, because I'm an old man, and I just got to stretch. I don't exercise, I stretch, okay? Just so you know. Stretching is exhausting, and it hurts me, but it's what I need to do. So I stretch, and I, I, I meditate through that scripture. Then I get out, and I do my prayer walk, and now I'm ready to really encounter Jesus, right? And then I'll come back, right? Now, this Pray As You Go is uh, developed and led by the Jesuit community, which is a uh, 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 monastic monks out of the Catholic Church. Um, and so uh, it's, it's a different part of the body of Christ. 
Let me tell you, every once in a while, something will come on that I'm not totally in agreement with. Well, I'm talking about 2% of the time, 98% of the time, it's Bible and it's Jesus. And let me tell you something, if it's just 2% that maybe I disagree with, then I need to have the grace because I know when I go face to face with Jesus, I'm going to have more than 2% of my theology is going to be corrected by Jesus. We need to have some humility sometimes with other parts of the larger body of Christ. There are sects of the Catholic Church. There are sects of the Protestant Christian Church that are way out there and extreme. That's not one of these. These are word and Jesus-centered. And so they, they bring music, monks chanting one morning, um, an African Christian church on their drums to guitar, hillsong worship. I mean, you get a breadth of the body of Christ in that as well. All right. The, the second app here is Read Through the Scripture. I think many of you are familiar with it. It's an app that allows you to just, this is what I'm using right now. So right now, I've started the year out, I'm on this media fast. I don't know how long I'm going to go. I'm in my fourth week, but I'm not stopping because I love who I am. I was realizing that there's just too much noise around me in my head, and it was causing stress and problems. Uh, the hangry that Pastor Dave talked about last week, I was just... So I don't look at the news and I don't look at videos and stuff throughout the week and I just, on my day off, I catch up on the news, you know, watch a video here and there. But I realized I needed something because, you know, in between work meetings, in, uh, at my lunch break, when I go to the bathroom, we're always on the phone. And I needed something to substitute all my news consumption and read scripture has been that for me where you can just find sections of the scripture and they'll just give you chunks to read and meditate on. It has been a game changer for me in 2022. I feel like I have kind of been resurrected again in my soul. Oh, there's so much out there. I'm going to have the worship team come back up. Here's the thing. I really want to challenge us as a church to consider a personal fast this week. Um, our leaders are praying about doing a corporate fast as we get in February. As we go into February this next month, we're going to focus on encountering God in the Spirit of God. We have been in the Word of God, then we're going to encounter the Spirit of God, and of course we integrate the two. The Spirit of God is in the Word of God. But as we get into February, we're going to consider a corporate fast where we all fast together and have some extra times of meeting throughout the week where we pray together. We're kind of waiting for the COVID to die down a little bit, but we think February is going to be a really great time. So I want to challenge each of you uh, to consider a personal fast this week to prepare for a corporate fast. Maybe it's a news fast. Maybe it's a social media fast. Maybe it's a fast from one meal to get extra time with the word. Uh, maybe um, it's one day of a fast from screen, right? Maybe it's just your evenings. This is not a competition. This is a, God, what do I need? Where, where, where are you inviting me? Because here's the thing. There's so much helps out there. There's so much in the Bible to, to be able to get ourselves in the Bible, but it's all useless unless we humble our hearts to a good and loving God. Unless we cry out to a patient and good and loving God and say, God, I am a sinner. I have a craving in my soul and I have been putting it in food. I have been putting it in screen. I've been putting it in sports. I've been putting it in shopping. I've been putting it in other things and I need life, and you have to save me. Give me a heart that wants your word, that wants the things of you. Help me be the person that I want to be at the minimum, and then help me be the person that you want me to be.
until we are convinced that Jesus and Jesus alone can fulfill our cravings, then we will not experience his transformation power. The biggest excuse and reason why we are not in the word is because we believe that other things satisfy us more. And God wants just genuine repentance and a willingness to say, I'm willing to give you more time, more space. Fasting is not a religious exercise to make us feel that we're all good and holy. Fasting is simply abstaining from something that is in our normal life so we can feast on Jesus. That's what we do. We take away something, and if it's food, it's so that we get weak and we say to this body, you know what, right now today you want food, but you're not getting it. You're going to get Jesus because he's better. He's going to sustain you even when your physical body is hurting. So John 4 is the word for today, and so would you please stand with me, and let's just bring our honest, humble hearts to Jesus. That's the beautiful thing, man. We can be real about where we're just not in a good place because Jesus never condemns. He just... That's what his word says as he's died for us. He, and today he's done it again and he's just ready to pull us close to his heart. All we got to do is just give him our hearts. And the word for today, Jesus' words say, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Lord Jesus, we say we want to believe. Amen. Come and bring power in our lives. Come and bring signs and wonders, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, those that are around us that are sick, bring healing as we pray that we may believe even more. Lord Jesus, those of us who are stuck in just the wrong job or no job, provide the basic uh, just income for us to be able to live here in L.A. Signs and wonders, Jesus. Open up the doors to employment. Do signs and wonders. But Lord Jesus, fundamentally... Get our hearts. Let your power be felt in our hearts and in our minds that we would love you, that we would love to spend time with you, that we would love to wrestle with you, that we would no longer turn our backs on you, that we would no longer be too busy for you, that we would no longer have excuses, but we would have a hunger for you. Come, Lord Jesus, we can't create spiritual hunger. You can and then you can feed us, meet us as we worship right now. Come, Lord Jesus.